0: what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. I had my daughter's birthday over the weekend and well her birthday was Friday and on Friday I wasn't feeling very well. I woke up Friday morning and was feeling super under the weather. My youngest daughter Skylar was also feeling like that, and I had a topic for the call. I was ready for it, and we were going to talk about isolation, which is a topic we're still going to talk about. I have it written down in some notes on it, which I usually never write notes or even have a topic. So look at me, um, <laughs> you know, growing and what I'm doing. But I am still going to talk about isolation because it's a huge thing that God has opened my eyes to, and put me in the path of a lot of people that are experiencing isolation. And so there's some scriptures in the Bible. There some aha moments that I had learning about isolation that I was just like, okay, I need to talk about this. People need to hear it. But Alicia sent me a message and, and God brings you people that you need. I've also been learning a lot about that. And I kind of wrote that down this morning. I was studying that and wrote down some things that I do want to share because it's why we have this community here. Whether you listen to the recording or you watch the recording on YouTube or you're here live, it's the community of other people that are going through what you're going through. And there is a ton of scripture about that, that you have to be in community with people. Don't be isolated and don't be on your own. So we're going to be talking a lot about this, but I believe that Alicia, I knew from the moment that we connected that we were supposed to be together, like that soulful connection of just, oh, you're my person. And as a Christian, you feel like that because when you meet another person, that's like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, they say something about like the Lord or God, or you're like, oh okay, so like you're living your life for this too, and you feel this like instant like spiritual connection too. Like you know what they stand for, you know their values, you know their beliefs, you know who they're trying to be, what they're trying to do, not in their own strength but in God. So you have this just like know knowing about someone before you actually know them and so i prayed diligently for probably a year and a half that god would connect me to like-minded people people that just got me and people that would help me and people that i could help or i started praying that god would bring people to me who needed god And knew that I would deliver the message and so I prayed for these connections and God showed up I started receiving so much love from so many different types of people that weren't in my life until this point and I just knew and a lot of us oh all of us that are on here and probably if you're listening to this recording too you feel this connection like People message me all the time and say, I don't even know why I'm messaging you. I just feel like I need to just say hi and just tell you like your videos resonate so much with me. And that's actually what happens when you create a brand, when you're like, this is who I am. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I believe in. And this is who I'm showing up to help. And here's how I'm helping. You will attract your ideal person because you're speaking their language. And so they're drawn to that. And so that's why I kind of teach on the side in the back a little bit, <laughs> like not a lot of emphasis on it, but that's why I have that because a lot of people are like, I want to reach my ideal person. I want to quit my network marketing job and work for myself. I want to build a business online. I want to learn about Instagram. So that's why I have that because it's what I used to do. And it's super easy for me to teach people. And so so I have that, I actually have a brand new branding course that is going to be on sale and it's only going to be $111 and it's going to be $111 all the time. It's never going to change. And my old course used to be almost $600 and that's what a lot of people are selling their courses for. I just want something that people can easily afford and they can say, okay, you know what? Like I can do this. And we talked before the reason why you pay for something. I will, I give away tons and tons of stuff for free, but things that are actually going to change your life that I'm going to put time in and sit down and really put the time in. I need you to take it seriously. And if you pay, you will pay attention. And I had to learn that the hard way. I got so many blessings giving to me and things for free that I never even accessed them. I never even logged in. I never did anything, but the things that I sacrificed, or I had to pay for like, oh, I guess I won't buy this to buy this, or I guess I'll do this to do that. Then I will pay attention because these are things that are going to change your life. Like the book I'm writing to get you out of the Valley. It'll probably be seven hours on audio when I tape it. I want to give that to you because I want people that are like, I'm ready to make this sacrifice. I'm ready to take this step. I will listen to what you have to say. I will apply it to my life. I will write it down because if you don't want to be well and you're not willing to do what it takes to get there, then you're never going to get well and you're never going to get there. You have to want it. And that's scriptural. We're going to talk about that in a couple of podcasts coming up. Um, If you want to be well, do you want to be well? Do you want to be healed? And Jesus said that a few times while he was here Um, healing people and doing stuff. So like I said, we're going to talk about it later, but Alicia came to me. I knew that that connection was there. And there are so many times that she has texted me or called me. And this happens with a lot of you where you do not even realize that God is using you to help me make a bigger impact. Like you don't even get it. And you think like, oh, it's like a Such a bother, or like, I'm not going to message her. Like, why would I even message her? Like, what does she care? She's busy. She has a life too. Like, she cares about this, or like, I know the thoughts you have because I used to think them about people that I wanted to reach out to. And so I know that they're there. And I just want to tell you that if you think of me or anyone, if someone pops into your head and you think something positive about them, can you please vow from this point forward to tell them that thing? Like, Don't let the devil get in your head and hold you back or force you to isolate someone else. I could be on my knees praying, Lord, is this even what you want me to do? Am I on the right path? Is this even helping anyone? And then I get a message that's like, hey, I just want to tell you that I listened to a podcast and, oh, God spoke to me so much. Like That is a total answer for me and reassurance in my prayers when someone will validate me through a way like that of something that I'm praying for. And you guys do that so often. So if someone pops into your head, message them and tell them, Hey, I don't know why, but I've just been thinking about you and I hope you're doing well. You know, let me know how things are or anything that pops up because that happens a lot. Those are breadcrumbs that I follow too. But she said to me, Hey, I know you're not feeling well and you canceled the call because I I don't cancel the calls often, but for me, I don't want to deliver, um, not like bad, but I want you to have like my, my 100%. Like, like I want to bring 100% when you get on. you're sacrificing things, you're showing up, you're, you're like focusing on this, you're eliminating distractions, you're um, listening to the podcast, like for one hour, I want to be able to bring 100%. And so I take care of my body because I want to be able to be like that. I've been getting on in the mornings for two years now at 9 a.m., Monday through Friday for a really long time. And now three days a week. But it was hard to do that and to show up. And I hate when people show up at 50% or 20% or 10%. When I'm like, can we just reschedule and then I can get 100% of you? instead of trying to like, just deal with this. So I'm really big on like hundred percent. So I was like, you know what, I am going to cancel the call. And then Alicia messaged me like right after and said, I know you don't feel good and you, and you canceled the call, but maybe you don't feel good because God is downloading something in you and you're realigning and you're refocusing and you might need this time. Like we do get sick when we're pushing ourselves too hard when we, we are just not leaving any time for anything and we're just pushing, 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 you will get sick. Like it is stressful on your body. Your immune system is weaker. So when she told me that I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. That like maybe I'm getting sick cause I'm overdoing it. And I was just thinking that I was starting to get really busy again because I'm trying to like slow myself down. So I was like busier, I'm like, oh, slow down. And then it's, I'm busier. So I just said that to my husband last week, I'm really starting to get busier. I need you to help hold me accountable to like, slow down, stop saying yes to every single person about every single meeting and appointment and lunch date and dinner day and play day and like, just stop. And so God is priority and then myself and then my family. And until that's done, there's really no other room for a whole lot of things. So it's okay to say no, whoever needs to hear that. It's okay to say, no, you can't babysit. It's okay to say, no, you can't help out, you know, cause it's easy to say no. When it's like, oh, do you want to come out to eat with 10 of us? No, I can't. I'm, you know, but when your daughter's like, Hey, can you babysit for me? And you're like, oh, I had like all of this stuff that I was supposed to be doing. And like, oh my gosh. Okay. I'm just going to do it. And I'm not saying don't ever cave and, you know, <laughs> say no, obviously like that's why we eliminate distractions is so that we can show up for our family we can show up for the people who need us most but yeah so I started thinking okay why did God want me to cancel the call because I really just felt like it was a it was a no and so her hearing her message I just started kind of thinking over the weekend and it was just kind of planted in my head and then all the scripture that I was reading were things about being still and slowing down and uh, slowing down to eliminate distractions, which will help build your belief. So that's something is like our community is so important to us, obviously, because it's a community, but it can suck you down or it can lift you up. And so if you're distracted in a community of people that are sucking the soul out of your body and are crushing your spirit, it's really hard to believe in who God says you are at that moment and even when those people leave because you're just totally in a different space. Like you're in a different mindset. You're almost brainwashed. Like if you're in an abusive relationship And someone is constantly just telling you how bad you are, how crappy you are, how you don't show up. You're unreliable. They're just like drilling all these nasty things into you. That makes you start to think that. And um, I've experienced that firsthand with a lot of narcissistic relationships that I found myself in where very manipulative, where then you start to think like, am I like that? Is this, is this me? am I like a person who does this? And I had to actually go and talk to a few people that I really, really, really respect and like vulnerably ask them and admit and like open up and say like, this is what happened. Like, am I this way? Will you be honest and tell me? And that's when I realized that I was in this abusive relationship because all of those people were like, no, you're not. And the fact that now you're like paranoid about this shows that the abuser like got in your head, like, do not let this happen. And so that's another important reason why you need to be surrounded by counsel and great people that are going to lift you up and build you up and have a sound mind and give you advice that's biblical and is true and is honest. And, you know, that's why it's important for that. But if you're in a community where people are dragging you down or, and they're not, they're not intentionally trying to drag you down, they're not like, all right, when Terry walks in, we're all going to just like nail her with like the nastiest comments we can. You know, it's not like they try to do that, but, but what it happens is you're in a group of people that are, do not have the same focus and priorities as we do not saying we're better than them in any way, but our priorities are different. We know we're made for more. We know that this world is more than just surface things. We know that it's about deep meaning and connection and about eternity, not just the world. And we believe in God, and we believe in His Word, and we live His word, and we learn about it. And so our priorities are focused on loving, um, growing, pouring into our families, figuring out our calling. This is like where where we are. We're focused on elevating all the areas of our life. We want our spiritual life elevated. We want our home life elevated. We want to figure out our passions and our talents. We want to lift those up. We want to grow in our finances and in our health and have deeper communities. This is what we want. A lot of people in the world, and and I'm in the world a lot, you know, I have a lot of people in my community because God has brought them to me. I have tons and tons of people that are amazing over here, but I also like my kids are in public schools. So we are in, we're in the world. We're, you know, out there with just everyone and everyone's opinions and addictions and traumas and we're out there. And then, you know, there's a lot of things that we do and we serve in the community and, and Jesus spent a lot of time when he was here with broken people, with people in whorehouses and addicts and thieves and He spent time with all of them. So we are called to go down and impact and help people that are lost and broken. It's not like, oh, you know, holy are thou, like get away from me, peasant. You know, we want to go and love them and and pour into them and serve them. But in order to go into that battlefield, the spiritual battlefield of doing that, you have to be good up here. Your mindset has to be good. Your spirituality, your connection to God has to be so strong and good so that it doesn't pull you down, that you can walk in the darkness and you fear no evil. That doesn't matter if I'm down here. I know who I am. So we are called to do that. And a lot of people will go down into that and they're not ready. They're not strong enough to do it. And it's not a good experience for them. It's a bad one. And so You do have to have friendships and circles and relationships that are both above that are lifting you way up. Like I call certain mentors and people in my life that are going to lift me way up. And then I have a community that I also call and speak to speak life over and go in and serve and help. But when you are in this community of people, they don't really realize that they're hurting you, but they just have different values. So they're like, oh sweet, it's Friday, let's get drunk. Like that's the first thought, it's like, okay, it's Friday, let's get drunk. Someone with different priorities would be like, oh, it's Friday, what can we do with the family where we're having quality time and we're focusing on what matters? And there's just a difference. So if you're in this other community, it's gonna be really hard to live a holy life if you stay there and you're not ready. And a lot of times we're forced to be in these communities, not only us as adults, but as children. And so it was my daughter's birthday on Friday. And so Friday night, we made a family dinner and we sat down. It was just our immediate six people that live in my house. We were eating dinner, talking. And I said, how about we all go around and say one thing that we like about Sophia? And so my kids are like, "Oh, okay, cool. I'll start." So they all start going around. We all start saying things about Sophia and she's so sweet and she's so kind. She is like a gift. Like I know all kids are a gift from God, but she's like she's like one of a kind. <laughs> like it wasn't my raising and my doing. It was like just how God created her. But she is so sweet and so we all had so many things to say about her. And she just had this huge smile on her face, you know, sitting there like everyone saying nice things about her. And then we said, okay, how about we all go around and say one thing we like about ourselves? And she's like, okay, I'll go first. You know, because she like, she really also knows that she's great. (laughs) Like she's not in like a conceited way, but she knows she takes pride in that, in like being responsible and being a good sister. And so she says her thing. And then it's my son Luke's turn. So I have twin boys, they're 12 and a half, they're in seventh grade. And they're very different from each other. Very, very different. And so Luke was actually, and if you know anything about twins, baby B is always smaller and usually has like more complications. Baby A like takes everything and then like all the leftovers go to baby B. So Luke is baby B. And so he did everything at a slower pace than Dominic did. Just like a couple of weeks, you know, not anything crazy, but like Dominic would flip over a couple of weeks later Luke would. He would crawl then Luke would crawl. He would walk then Luke would walk. Then and it was always like that. Dominic just like naturally good at sports, like things come very easy to him, good at school, no problems. Luke hates school, has ADD, cannot stand anything about school. Things do not come easy to him. He's tried like every sport, it doesn't work. Now there's tons of great things about Luke too. Tons of things. But when you grow up with a twin, You're constantly just being compared to another person. And I learned that because I used to work with identical twin girls. And she told me that when she was growing up and in high school, they had to be in therapy because it was so hard on them because people would meet them and be like, who is funnier? Who's more outgoing? Who has more friends? Who's more sporty? And she's like that comparing yourself to someone else all the time when you're two totally different people like really messes with you because the world does that. So side note, if you meet twins, don't ask them that question <laughs> because just don't. Um, but because everyone does, you don't even realize it. But people will be like, oh, like is one funnier? Who's taller? Who, you know, it's, it's crazy how people do that. But anyway, comparison is the thief of joy. And so Luke, who has been compared to, to his brother his whole life, has very low self-esteem and I've known this, but he also like, I'm his mom and other people can see things in you that you can't see in yourself. And so, you know, naturally we like hate ourselves like that. We just like hate who we are and kind of just hate that. And other people can see like, Oh, she just like lights up a room or she's so caring or she's always, but you don't, you just beat yourself up because nothing you ever do is good enough for yourself. So it's like, I don't care what, you know, so we don't see that, but So me being his mom, especially, I like see all of these amazing things in him, like amazing things. Like the fact that he's so compassionate and caring for his sisters and myself, like cares for me. Like it's his responsibility. Like, he's like, I got this dad, like I'll do anything. He does everything for us, helps us with everything, like just so responsible. He, all the girls love him. Like he's a ladies' man. Like guys, girls just like cling to him because he's so sweet and caring. He's had a girlfriend for like a year, Um, who's really sweet. We know her family. Like, I mean, he's like, he has like a ton of friends. Like, this is just a kid that you're like, okay, like you're, you're like doing pretty good. You're doing better than I was in seventh grade, okay. And so when we get to him, I'm like, okay, Luke, your turn. One thing you love about yourself. And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, no, like, you have to say something, like, just say one thing you like, like, just something you like about yourself. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, okay, what just like, okay, like anything you like, like, what's just like anything, just like throw it out there, like something you like. And he literally just kept saying, I don't know. And as he was talking, a couple of things that I realized, and this is why I wanted to talk about this on here, because. God told me to start this podcast. He told me to start a wake up subscription, actually is what I call it. A wake up subscription service where you could wake up and set your mind on the right things. But God told me to share with people what I'm learning. Like that's what he said. Just share what you're learning. And I forget that God said that to me. And I've been overcomplicating the topics and what should I talk about today? And okay, I have another podcast. Like I talked about this last week. What should I talk about this week? And then I read that in an old journal over the weekend. And I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I stopped sharing what I was learning. I actually stopped learning for a few days and just got distracted. And so I had nothing to share because I was learning nothing. So I was like, okay, so as I was listening to this, like this whole thing was downloading and I was just kind of sitting at the table and I was realizing that immediately he said, I don't know, I don't have one. And so I learned this by going to a psychiatrist one time when I thought I was crazy and like literally was like, I think I'm losing my mind. I think I'm crazy. Like it was while I was like quitting network marketing and abusive relationships and like it really messed with my mind. Um, I was going to therapy, so pro-therapy, if you haven't gone to therapy and you have like wounds and crap you need to dig out, you need to find a Christian counselor, like find one. I love the woman I see. Um, I don't think I would like be able to be open with a man like I could a woman, like how I was talking, but um, find the right one for you. A lot of people are like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I did that. Okay. Find another one. Cause I did that three times before I was like, okay, I'm going to see her for a year and pray that God brings you the person that he wants you to connect with. And then be in tune with that feeling of like, I don't know. I keep, I just feel drawn to call this place or I saw this place in my town and I think I'm going to call them. That's like God telling you, like, do it. If you feel like you want to do it or it's standing out, that's like what your spirit is like leading you to. So fall into that and call and, and do that. But, um, I realized that he said, I don't know. And I realized through my psychiatrist that when you say you don't know, you actually do know. Um, he kept telling me in that one meeting that I had with him, he's like, stop, stop saying you don't know. You do know. So just be quiet until you're ready to give the answer. And I was like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) But I realized that I really did know, like, why do you think that you feel so overwhelmed? I don't know. Yeah, you do. Start talking. Why do you think you're so overwhelmed? Like pour it on me. And then when I started talking, I really did know because I talked for like 20 minutes (laughs) about it. And I was like, I don't know. You know, I really did know. And so I'm I'm telling you guys this because I want you to do this with your families or if you're like one-on-one time with a grandchild or with, some, like, I want you to do this with younger people too. If you can, if you have younger people around you, but also with older people too, because hearing this from older people is huge. Yeah. Becca says a lot of the, I don't knows come from fear, right? Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you this. You're going to judge me. Like, I'm going to be like, oh, here's why I'm overwhelmed. Like, no, I don't, I don't want you to know that part about my life. And especially if you have things like, the approval of others that you really struggle with or like judgment that you really struggle with or people pleasing, then it's really hard to open up because you don't want this person to judge you. You want them to approve of you and you just want to make them happy. And so opening up isn't going to do any of those things. And so it's like, nope, shut it down. We're not talking about it. And that's when you're like in isolation. So yeah, you need to come out and you need to say it. So it's good maybe if you have like a group of girlfriends and you're out to dinner or you're at your, you're at a church group, or maybe you tell someone at your church because our church has events in different groups and stuff. And if we have a really good idea of something to do, we'll kind of all tell the leaders like, Hey, this is, we all started doing that, um, like the stand up for your sister thing. If you've ever seen that, where you get a list of, you make like 20 questions and they're yes or no answers. And we did one for marriage um if you run any kind of group or like or with anyone this is such a great thing to do but we did one on marriage so it was like 20 like super like serious questions about marriage like have you been cheated on in your relationship have you cheated um have you have you been a victim of abuse have you been divorced have you fallen out of love with your spouse like really deep things and you can do one for women we've done these at women's events too where it's like Have you had an abortion? Have you been a victim of rape? Have you been addicted to drugs? Have you um, had sex with a guy when you didn't want to, but you did anyway? Like literally like really deep things because what it does is you, you do it. Everyone has the same color pen. You just circle, you fold it up a bunch of times and then you stand up when you're done. And you set a timer for a couple of minutes and all, everyone just stands up and you just literally just keep passing papers, like as fast as you can. Like, thank you. Here you go. Thank you. Here you go. Take this one. And you just pass them for like three minutes. And then you sit down in the paper you have when they say the question, if yours says, yes, you stand up. So like, have you had an abortion? If my thing said, yes, I would stand up. And so what it does is you're standing up for your sister. You're standing up for another marriage. And you can see in a group of a hundred people that 35 of them have had an abortion. And so you're like, oh my gosh, like, I'm not alone. Like, I'm not alone in this or like battled with addiction. 40 people stand up. When we asked a question in our marriage group and the last question on the paper was, have you ever fallen out of love with your spouse? I like literally could cry. I get like choked up every single time because there was a room of over a hundred people and pastors of our church were also in there, like multiple of them. And every single person stood up at that question. Every single person stood up. And it was so amazing to see that the devil makes you think that you're alone in all of this, and you're not alone at all. You're not even the minority. You are in the majority. And so like, that is crazy. And that's why I love the community. I love these calls because it shows like the devil get out of here. We know we're not alone. You're not going to make us feel guilt and shame over our past and over what we've done because we are a new creation in Christ. We're moving on. We're doing more of this. So those things are like amazing to do any kind of questionnaire like that. But if you, um, you know, you can tell them to do this as an icebreaker too of like, go around and say one thing that you like about yourself. I want you guys to ask this question to the people you're around and I want you to observe what happens and you have to experience it to really understand this, to have the same feeling that I did in the moment. But it really made me realize that if you don't have belief in who you are, you're really not going to do anything. Uh, Your belief is everything that you have. If you don't believe that you can be healthy if you don't believe that you're going to have a good marriage, if you don't believe that you're going to find a job that you love, if you don't believe that your kids are going to love God and come back to him, if you don't believe that there's healing in family members, like if you don't believe, then you're never, it's never going to happen. And you have to believe it in order for it to happen. It's, you're never going to work hard enough at something. If you don't believe that it's going to happen. If I told you, work out every single day for six months, eat healthy every single day, and you were like, and I said that you would lose all this weight, but you were like, no, I won't. I know I won't. It'll be literally, it'll be worthless at the end. Like nothing's going to come of this. Do you think you would have enough willpower to stay on the diet? Do you think you'd have enough willpower to wake up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym? No. You have to believe it. And so your community has so much to do because as he was talking and just saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And he actually was getting annoyed with me because I wouldn't, I wouldn't let him pass. And so there's some rules when you're doing this with people. One, you can't let them just say, I don't know. So you have to tell them you're not allowed to say, I don't know. You have to say something. We will sit here and wait 15, 20, 30 minutes if we have to. You're also not allowed to pass. So you're doing it. You might create some kind of um, like anger in your house for a minute when people realize like your kids or whatever, realize like they can't actually blow past this because some kids might say things really fast. Like when it was Dominic's turn, he was like, okay, I have seven. And I was like, yeah, of course you do. So he's like all these things that he like loves because he loves himself. And that's a really great thing to love who you are, to love yourself, not be conceited and think I'm better than you. But, but realize like, I love who I am. And so as I was watching Luke, I saw myself in him because about, well, August of 2020 is when I had my mental breakdown and I realized that things were so bad and something had to change and I could not keep going at the rate that I was going. I just realized how much I hated who I was. Like, I really hated who I was. I hated everything about who I was every area of everything. I hated it. And I realized that I have hated myself since as far back as I can even remember. And by going to therapy, like I even remember just a couple of years ago running into someone from high school with John with me and thinking like, I wonder if he's like embarrassed because he married me. Like I literally felt that. And then when I said that to someone and they're like, Oh, I think that all the time. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, again, we're not alone like thinking like, who am I? Like, I'm just so like, I hate the person that I am. I hate the way that I drink when I'm sad and I overeat when I'm bored and I lie and I manipulate and I have a, I'm a bad mood with my kids and I'm in a bad mood with my husband and I'm over emotional and I'm too sensitive and I'm a people pleaser. And I hate that I have poor boundaries and I get angry too easy and I judge others. And I would just go on and on and on and on and on and on and on about all these things. And I hated who I was. And I realized through healing, through therapy, through learning who God said that I was, my identity, I created everything that I do right now out of a personal hole that I was in. And when I was in that deep hole and I realized the only way that I could even begin to get out, I did a study. You can get it on Amazon. It was by Priscilla Shire and it was called Defined. Defined. It's a light blue book with like gold writing. It's either called like Undefined or Defined. I never remember which one it it is. And I don't know where, oh, it's in my kitchen. But it's either Defined or Undefined. It's by Priscilla Shire. And it literally, the whole purpose is to teach you who you are as a woman in Christ the whole study who you are as a woman in Christ. It is amazing and it is life-changing and in order to change your life and believe in this person that God says you are, you have to know who the person is that he says. That's number 1. You have to know like what it is about this person, just like meeting a new friend. If you just see a person standing there, you're like okay, I need to know like who is this person? If I like walked up to you and I was like, "Hey Terry, do you like do you like Sarah right there?" you'd be like, I don't, I don't know. Who is she? Tell me about her. Who is she? And, and if, if I gave an inaccurate description of who she was and I was like, oh yeah, she's kind of like manipulative and she's a people pleaser. She has terrible boundaries. She blows up on her kids all the time, is always in a bad mood towards her husband, has spends money way too much. She doesn't work out as often as she should. And if I were to say the things that she thinks about herself, you're like, oh, no, I don't think I like Sarah. I don't think I want to go over there. But if I'm like, oh, yeah, she is the daughter of the highest king. She is so confident. She is a servant, servant heart. She is so patient, so kind, loving. Oh, she is set apart. She was she was already thought of and formed up in heaven before God even put her in a body because she was so important. She has this mission that God put her here on, and she is so unique. Oh, she is wonderfully made. You'd be like, yes, I think I really like Sarah. And so if you were to judge and like or dislike someone based on how you describe them, if you're describing yourself in this awful way, of course you don't like yourself. You need to learn who you really are, not what your flesh has said you are or what your past has said that you've done. I have a terrible past. I have done all kinds of terrible things that I am so shameful about. I feel so guilty. I feel terrible that that was even who I was. But the devil wants to hold me there and make me think that that's who I still am. But God says that once you ask for forgiveness and you believe it in your heart, he forgives you and you move on. The past is washed away. You're a new creation in Christ every single morning. You can wake up and and ask God for forgiveness and if you truly mean it and you truly want forgiveness, you will have it. If you want to be healed, you will be. And it goes back to belief. So there are the rules that you can't let someone say, I don't know. You cannot let them pass. And you have to be quiet. When you ask them, what is something you like about yourself? Then zip it. And if it's quiet for way too long, it's okay. Because they, it's hard for them to give an answer I don't care how confident you are. I guarantee you every single person you ask will say something like, I don't know, or um, or maybe, or I guess, or I think they'll say some sort of doubt word when they're saying this because they're trying to, they, they won, like, they don't want you to think they're conceited. And so they say this word, but also they second guess themselves, the fear of putting yourself out there, everything we just said. But if you keep interrupting and saying something, it will allow them to delay and you need them to get those words out. So just zip it and listen to what they say. Um, even when it got to my turn, I was like, oh, this is like, this is harder than I thought. Um, and I said, um, and I was already realizing all these things and had this whole like revelation. I said, um, and I was like, um, I think I'm a good mom, so I said um, and then I said I think two doubt words. I think I'm a good mom, and then I kind of like looked around after, like embarrassed, like someone was gonna be like, that's what you said, <laughs> like you know, like you don't want to say that, and I was like, whoa, this is like really hard to say this, and so then my husband went, he same thing, he's like um, I guess I would say my work ethic. So he said, um, and then he said, I guess, and then said his work ethic. And then Sophia, she was like, can I go again? <laughs> I'm like, sure, you can go again. But Luke ended up, once I kept pushing and pushing and pushing, he finally said, I guess my personality, I don't know. And Again, I guess, and I don't know, two doubt words that he said. And he just like threw it out there. And I realized that. It's so, I was just thinking like, why is this so hard for him? And I realized that one, I have never sat down with him like in a formal setting and been like, Hey, let's learn about who you were created to be. Like, like I do with you guys, like I do with myself, like I've never sat down and done this with my kids. And so I'm, I'm saying this because I want to show you guys how I'm making an impact on my family. And how I'm raising my kids up and I'm doing it without like stressing or trying to like do weird, awkward things. The thought to ask, what is like, everyone say one thing you like about Sophia, and we're going to start this as a tradition and do this every year. That just literally came out of me. Like, I, I haven't, I don't know if I've heard that somewhere or like what i did not even think about that at all for even a half a second before it came out of my mouth when we were sitting down at the table and actually i was exhausted i shopped with sophia all day and that's like super hard on my body and then i had to make dinner and i was just like really trying to hold it together and so i like sat down at the table and then it literally just like came out so the first like after this whole thing happened and i realized i was like i'm talking about this on my call on monday teach and I saw the notebook that said, tell people what you're learning. And I kind of made all these connections. I think that because I didn't do a call on Friday and because I was shopping with my daughter and I slowed down and I was doing less like trying to plot, plan and scheme my next like big thing. That's really what I feel like doing less is like do less, which means do more of like reading, baths, walks outside, time with family, naps, cooking, sewing, whatever your things that you that you really like truly enjoy, like those types of things where you're present, you're grateful. You're like just totally present in the current moment. You're not thinking about the future. You're not thinking about the past. You're not thinking about later. You're thinking about literally right here, right now. So the less you do in nature is like the best way to do this. So I love that it's getting warmer here in Michigan, finally. Because it's the best way, like you leave your phone in the house and you go outside and you're not looking at like, I always think like, if I wish someone would make the book, like if you give the mom, I don't even know what it would be, if you give the mom dirty laundry and then it's like you do dirty laundry and then you're like doing laundry and then you realize that you didn't feed the dogs yet. So then you feed the dogs and then you realize you want to wash the dog's bowl. So then you're washing the dog's bowl. And now you're washing these dishes because you forgot these were here. Now you load them in the dishwasher, but you see the floors are dirty. So then you get the vacuum and you're vacuuming the floors. And then you notice you need to clean the sinks. And then you're just like, you know, one thing after another. And you're like, wait, what was I doing? (laughs) That was like six hours ago. And then you like, go back to what you're originally doing. Like, this is how mom's brains kind of work. Um, So if you do less, it slows like all the connections in your brain down because you're just having fun. You're not plotting, planning, scheming. You're just chill. And then it allows God to download things into your brain. And so we're sitting at dinner and that was God that downloaded that in my brain and I just spit it out. Because I didn't think about that. I didn't like write it on a post-it and bring it with me to the table and like look at it under the table. I'm like, okay, everyone say one thing you like about Sophia. And then when I said that, it was immediately after where I'm like, let's all say one thing we like about ourselves. Again, not me, not my idea. God just did it. He gave me the idea. I just spoke it. And by doing this, I had a topic for the call and I realized that other people needed to do this. And then seeing in my journal entry, like all of these things were confirmation. So that's why we need to slow down because God's way, you don't have to plot, plan, and scheme. He just makes it happen. And you didn't even have to do anything. All of a sudden it happened and it's better. Like you get an idea for a post on social media and it does way better than the post that you set a timer for and sat down and tried to write out and compare to someone else's and kind of like rewrite what they wrote. God will just give you the idea and it just flows. So doing this, um, he finally, you know, gave out what he said, but I really started thinking like, why, why does he not love himself? Like, why why does he not like anything about himself? And it was because he's never been taught. I've been way too busy to ever even think to teach him that, you know, for me, it was like, I need to hit Ruby. I need my 500,000 ring. I need recognition on stage. I need my team to be at 20,000 this time next year. I need to plan a Mexico trip so that we can keep people excited and keep them going. And I need to, it was just all these things that I had to do. Like I, 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 for my business, for my life, for what we want, for our goals, for whatever. And it was like, the kid, like figure it out. I'm busy. And this is, I actually want to write a book about being distracted Because I really think that it is the devil's number one best play he has right now. Like he doesn't need to kill you. He doesn't even need to injure you. He just needs to get you looking over here so that you stop caring about teaching your kids what God says. And most of us are a victim of generational sin and curses. Like your parents didn't have a relationship with God or they had addictions Or they were people pleasers or they were control freaks or they were really angry or, you know, they were this. So then that's what they taught you to do by showing you and you became this person where you're like, I I didn't want to be an angry mom. I don't want to be a people pleaser. I don't want to be a control freak. But it's all you've been shown. It's all you've been taught. So now you're doing these things that you don't want to do. And by you doing them, you're teaching your kids, your generation to be an angry mom, to be a control freak, to be a perfectionist. And it's not because you're doing it with bad intentions. You're not like, oh, yes, I'm going to ruin these kids. Like you want to do better. And that's my memory verse that I've been um, studying this week of Romans 7, 18. I'm really bad at this stuff. So I'm trying to like get better. Romans seven eighteen. Um, 18. <clears throat> come on, Lord, bring it to me. <laughs> um, For nothing good dwells within my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot do the actions to do it. We want to do what's good. We want to, like we do. We have the desire to be better parents. We have the desire to get clean. We have the desire to be in a good mood. We have a desire to build a business, but we cannot do it in our own strength you know how to lose 20 pounds and you have the desire and you believe that you're going to do it. If I go to the gym and eat healthy, I know I'll lose 20 pounds. Do you do it? No. Point proven. Like, we cannot do it. So we have to rely on God. We have to give him the strength to do it. So distraction is like the, the biggest thing right now. Stop being distracted and teach your kids what you're learning. If you want to, and this is what God told me when I was stressing about my kids After I woke up and realized what the heck have I been doing the last seven years in this industry, I've totally missed the mark. I've totally wasted seven years of my life. Am I happy that I went through it? Of course, God turned it around, used it for good, created me into who I am today because of my experiences over the last seven years. I've met incredible people. Would I go back and change it in time if I could? No, but I missed a lot of years with my family. I missed a lot of years being present. And so when I started to stress about how do you raise kids that know their worth and they know who they are and they're on fire for God, I realized that it starts with us, starts with the parent, the mom, learning who she is, getting on fire for God. And that will naturally teach your kids because of how you're living and the advice you give and what you say, and it will just come through you. You don't even have to try. And so- doing stuff like this with your own family is so important because you hear these stories. There was just a couple of weeks ago, I was following this mom on Instagram, whose son took his life. He was being bullied in school. He was 12 years old and she just couldn't even believe it. She couldn't believe that he did that because she's like, he, he was like, he was like the nice, he was like so happy. He was so, he was just, so happy all the time and he was a great brother and he was excited to ride his four-wheeler and he like just had so much joy and like would like lived his life and was just and he ended his life like why like why would he do that and hearing Luke talk I totally realized that these kids especially if your kids are, and and I send my kids to public school. So this is not shaming people who send their kids to public school because I'd be shaming myself. And so we send our kids out into the world for eight hours a day. They're in the world more than they're in our own home. You know, most kids come home like four o'clock, so you go to bed at eight, that's four hours at home. You go to bed at nine, it's five hours at home. You're still in school for eight hours. So you're in the world, in a community of broken people. Kids are just little people. They are, they're hurting at home. They have their own insecurities. They have their own issues. They have their own things that they're battling and struggling with. Their own fleshly desires they are all trying to learn at the same time. They're all being raised by all kinds of different people, all kinds of different parents. You're sending your kids into this school for eight hours a day and you're wondering why they don't feel chosen and anointed. The the world says that you're not chosen and and anointed. It's a hard world out there. And there's bullies and people that are telling you things about your body, your image, your way you laugh, the way you talk, what you wear, how you dress. It's all out there. And then we wonder why our kids aren't feeling worthy and they know their identity. They haven't been taught it. And they're being shown in their community that they're spending the most time with who they really are and what people think about them. So even though we go to church every Sunday and every third Wednesday and every Tuesday night, all my kids do, It's still not more than what they are in the world. And just because they were in church on Sundays and at church on Wednesdays and at church on Tuesdays doesn't mean that they truly got their identity and they truly know who they were created to be. So it's up to us. And and if you miss the boat with your kids, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, like, I totally, like, my kids are older now. Like, I totally screwed up. You didn't. Like I said before, your kids need their moms now right now, you can change right now and it'll change the way things are for the rest of your lives. And you also have other people in your life, other kids and people that you can teach this to. They don't have to be your child in order to just be like, do you know how God created you? But if you don't know then you can't teach. So that's my goal is to teach you guys by me learning myself, teach what I'm learning, what you learn, you go and teach what you learned. That's what we're supposed to be doing so that it it goes down and it rolls down. Now you teach your kids or your grandkids. Now they know, and now they're going to teach their kids and grandkids. So one thing like that can change generational beliefs. So if our kids don't even love themselves and our kids don't even believe in themselves, how are adults living? Because when you're 12 years old, you only have 12 years of labels and abuse placed on top of you. That people have made fun of you. They've bullied you. They've said things about you that aren't true. Um, And you start believing things because you've been rejected, because you've experienced heartbreak, because you, you know, your brains are so little and they're just molding. If this 12-year-old feels like this, what would he feel like after another 20 years on top of this, living the same way he's living? So 32 years. You would have 20 more years of labels, abuse, poor boundaries, people pleasing, control, perfection, because your flesh is trying to take control of like, I can't let this happen. So I need to, I need to be better. I need to be more perfect. I need to be. And then you cling on to perfectionism because it's a way you're coping. You're like, I'm going to do this because I'm just going to be perfect at it. Or I'm going to control everything around me because anytime I let anyone do anything else, they always fail me. So I don't want to be failed anymore. So I'm just gonna do it all myself. And then now you're a control freak. So you have found coping mechanisms, thinking it's working with your life. It's not. It's not working, it's making things worse. That's why you need to go to therapy. That's why, because a lot of us don't even realize that we have these issues that we're that we're coping, using as coping mechanisms, which are terrible. You're like, oh, I don't drink or smoke weed. So like that's not the only way to cope. (laughs) You can be overeating, you can be overspending. And you can be people-pleasing, controlling, and all those things. What if we all just knew who we were, which I have a highlight on my Instagram called identity, and I created that so that people could learn who they were in Christ. So go watch that. There's some videos and stuff in there too. But what if we all learned our identity, and then we all knew who we were, we believed it, and then we moved forward with believing it? And we knew who we were created to be. Like, I can see these great things in Luke. He can't see them in himself. God can see all these great things in me. I can't see them for myself. Just like we look at our kids with like, oh, you don't even know. You don't even know how beautiful you are. You don't even know how sweet you are, how confident you are, how secure you are, how loved you are. Like, think of that looking at your kids, especially like a rebellious child, And you're just thinking like, they don't even know how much they're loved. That's how God looks at us. Like she doesn't even know how much I love her. Like I love Becca. I created her for this reason. I I need her to be who she needs to be. But all these people keep breaking her heart and traumatizing her and lying to her and beating her up and telling her she's not enough. Becca, you are enough. Like that's where that comes from of like, you are enough. You are enough. You are, and you just have to believe it because the number one way that the devil is going to get you to not achieve your goal is by getting you to not believe that you even have a goal to achieve. I didn't, I wasn't created on purpose. Like, I don't have a reason. Like, I know other people were like singers and actors and like CEOs and authors and, you know, people that are like really good like that, but I'm, I'm just like a normal person. I don't have anything that God created me for. That is absolutely not true. And so the point of this whole entire message is it's not just about waking up ourselves. It's about waking up our families. I recently heard a quote that if you want to change the world, start with yourself and then work inwards to out. Start with the people that are closest to you and then move away. So it's just about believing in that. So start changing your family's lives by being present, teaching them what you're learning, do this exercise with them, ask them to go around and say something they like about themselves, and then start doing this more and more. I told my kids too, I said, keep thinking of this because this isn't the last time we do this. We're going to keep doing this and you better have an answer when we come around again. So as you realize things that you like about yourself, Keep a little note in your phone or make a post-it note, write it on a whiteboard in the kitchen of the things that you like about yourself so that you remember. So now I'm going to get them to think about things they like about themselves from now until the next time. And we're going to point things out like, oh, see, you do like that about yourself. And I'm going to make them aware that there are things that they like about themselves because they are amazingly made. You are amazingly made. And we have to constantly keep hearing that to believe it because we'll forget, we'll drift away. I'm on fire today of I'm, I'm chosen, I am anointed, I am the daughter of the highest king, look at me. But in three days of not listening to God and reading my Bible and journaling and spending time in good community, I will be like the scum of the earth, isolating myself, ignoring phone calls, canceling plans because I'm in my room and I'm tired, and I just am exhausted, and I don't know what I want to do with my life, and I just totally veer off. It can happen in a day, so you have to stay alert because the devil is prowling around like a lion waiting for someone to devour. Looking. Who's distracted? Who's off their mark? Who missed the morning call? Who isn't on the wake-up podcast? Who didn't spend time in God's word today? Who veer, Who like ventured out away from the herd? Now you're not even with the group of people that are keeping you safe. Now you're isolated. You're all the way over here. That's exactly what a lion does. He isolates one animal by itself with fear, going after it and getting it scared and moving it away. And then it's by itself. And he's just, oh, piece of cake. This is so easy. Do not be that. Stay connected. Listen, stay alert and believe and impact your family and the people around you because that's what the devil is distracting you from just cutting off the next generation. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. So have an amazing day. Thank you for being on live. Thank you for listening to the recording. Um, I believe in you and I know you're chosen anointed, but it's not enough. You have to believe in it yourself. Have a terrific week. If you need me, message me, even if you just want to share your story, share a testimony, share something that's going on with you. I would love to hear those stories. They help fuel my belief so much too. Um, and we'll see you back here on Wednesday. So love you. Thanks for being on. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own we know we cannot do this on our own although we try please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us we love you so much in jesus's holy name amen have a blessed day thanks for being here